Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, so that you may be able to withstand on that evil day, and having done everything, to stand firm. And now, battle ready with Father Dan Rehill. Good day. Welcome to Battle Ready. Let's pray in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Heavenly Father, the word that goes forth from your mouth will not return to you empty, but will accomplish what you desire and achieve the purpose for which you sent it. I offer you to today these prayers for strength based on your word. Your word teaches that I am like the grass that withers and my glory like the flower that fades. But your word, my God, stands forever. Even when heaven and earth pass away, the words of your lips, the word of God, will never pass away. How blessed is the person whose strength is in you. As they pass through the valley, they go from strength to strength. O God of the celestial armies, hear my prayers for strength and for those who are listening as well. Amen. In the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. Good to be with you. Again, so much happening in the news. It's daunting when you think of uh, some of the things that are happening. So the thing that bothers me the most is that Alaska has decided that there shall be no wine or alcohol in any prison, which on the outset seems like a reasonable thing to do. But even for the mass, it is being forbidden. They're saying you should use fruit juice. Well, obviously this person isn't Catholic because we can't use fruit juice in place of wine. And so they are ipso facto eliminating all the masses that happen in prisons in Alaska. And you know, if anybody needs Jesus, it's the people in prison. Uh, this is, I think, just a sneaky way of shutting down the mass, because if they had said there will be no masses, that would be an infringement on religious liberty. But they snuck in through this uh, loophole. So pray that that gets overturned, you know. Uh, and it's not that the prisoners need to receive the blood, but the priest does. If the priest doesn't receive the blood, it's an invalid mass. What else is happening? Uh, Loyola University, uh, which is a Jesuit school, Catholic Jesuit school, is now uh, training their med school students in transgender mutilations. Isn't that lovely? So uh, I don't know why the Jesuits think this is okay. Where are you, Jesuits? Where is your, who's the Jesuit leader? I think that's the Pope, isn't, is he not a Jesuit? I believe he is. Uh, so, you know, why is nobody saying this is wrong? It doesn't make any sense. And finally, Biden's FDA has approved over-the-counter contraceptives with no age limit. So your eight-year-old daughter can bicycle her little tricycle down to the Walgreens and pick up her own birth control pills without you knowing anything about it. Isn't that wonderful? Like, what are we thinking? These drugs have been known to increase risks in uh, diseases such as breast cancer, HPV, cervical cancer, among other things. Uh, there's no reason a child should be able to get these drugs. There's really no reason anybody should be getting these drugs, but especially the children. There's an attack on children today that is unprecedented. I just can't believe it. And finally, the Secret Service has determined there's nothing to see here. The cocaine investigation is over. They found nobody as a suspect. Hmm, very interesting, right? 
what do you think would have happened if this was a different president like Donald Trump or George Bush? I, I don't know. I don't think the investigation would be closed. And furthermore, uh, Mr. Biden, you can say as the president, oh, no, it's not. I want this uh, to continue until you find the person who brought this into the White House. Uh, you have that power, sir. So uh, maybe you should exercise it. Well, that's the dreadful news of the day. Uh, plenty to pray for today. It's Friday, and Friday is usually a penitential day. So add that to your rosary today, uh, that God would intervene in all these things and uh, bring forth his truth and his justice. Kevin, are you there? Good morning, Father. Good morning, Kevin. How are you? How, how, no, just... I got you first. No, no, you answer. <laughs> Wonderful. Thank you. <laughs> no, we're doing we're doing good other than the heat and humidity, but it's... Uh, it's wonderful. It's July. It's the uh, 14th, the Feast of St. Kateri Tikawitha. Yeah, that's right. Yes. It's a powerful she, American saint. Yes. The um, the Indian princess bumped a Catholic priest. You know, Camillus de Lillis, was, this was his day first. Yeah, yeah. I saw, I saw in uh, my saint book there was, there was two for today, so yeah. Well, they bumped him. He's now oh. on the 18th. Uh, yes, I don't know why... Uh, Indian princess would bump a Catholic priest, but she did. Uh, so good for her. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows the yeah. way the church works? I don't understand anything anymore. I'm yeah. just, I just show up and I do what I'm supposed to do, and I do it with great love of God, and hopefully graces are flowing out. Well, wasn't it, wasn't that the, the late uh, Pope Benedict the Sixteenth who canonized uh, Saint Kateri? Oh, I have nothing against her. Oh, I just, okay. I don't like when they. They Bump move of. other saints. Surely there was another day on the calendar. Or they could both be the same day, and we get to choose. That's done all the time. Oh, but, so, uh, so they did a formal bump of the... Uh, the yes, yes. Oh, okay. Okay, I, I, I wasn't aware of that. Be, this was his day, and now no. it's not. Okay, well. Anyway, so uh, I'm on the line, which means the phone lines are open. So this is Acts the Exorcist. It's your opportunity to speak with Father Dan Rehill uh, concerning... Uh, matters of faith, spirituality, um, <laughs> all the crazy news. Uh, you can do that by calling 866-333-6279, 866-333-6279. So uh, the, uh, the email responses, you could also email at exorcist at radiomaria.us. That's exorcist at radiomaria.us if you don't want to make the phone call. Um but uh, the, the emails are light today, so please give us a call, 866-333-6279. I have Taylor uh, here manning the phones. I have Larry manning the board, and uh, we're ready to take your phone calls. You don't have to be on air, so you can, you can give your question to uh, Taylor if you don't want to be on air, and we can relay that to Father uh, over the air. If you want to speak directly to Father Dan, you can do that as well, so... Please do that. Um, going back to all the news, uh, Father Dan, I was. Uh, uh, you see, sometimes I get I get lost in my phone, and I need to uh, check myself on that. And in fact, I had a conversation with Claire's daughter, and she sets a time limit for herself, so she's a um, a much smarter person than I am. But I, I noticed like some of the apps with the news, it'll start to get me down. I'm kind of wondering what's going on. And then the other day, I was having a conversation with Carla, and it kind of dawned on me. Um, so evil has always been in the hearts of man and it kind of seems like maybe, maybe the Lord is closer to us in this day and age. And so the light is brighter. So, cause 
uh, so you're seeing all the evil because a lot of it you you look at it and it doesn't make moral sense uh, the decisions that people are making it doesn't make uh, it doesn't make natural sense the, the decisions that are being made uh, at at top top levels and um, so uh, Carl and I were talking Father I don't know I don't know your your, your thoughts on it but it kind of seems like maybe maybe God is closer to us now and uh, the light is scattering the roaches if, so to speak. Again. I, he's, I don't think he can get any closer. He's always close to us because he lives within us. Um, and it, it, man was not created with evil initially. Adam and Eve did not have an evil quotient in them. It, it, it came in with their giving in to the temptation of the serpent. And then the original sin has been saddled on all of us. But, you know, I think it just boils down to this. The more people move away from God the more there's a vacuum for the evil one to enter in. And that's what's happening. And it doesn't mean that people are looking necessarily for evil. They don't have to go look for it. If they don't have the protection of God, they're, they're automatically a target. And when you remove yourself from the umbrella of protection, the evil one moves right in, and he's very clever. He seduces people in clever ways where they they normally wouldn't, most people wouldn't say, I want to work for the devil. That's not, I don't, I don't know many people, there's a few, but not many. But there's a lot of people say, I don't, I'm not interested in, in God or serving him. And that means, you're either, see, Jesus said, you're either with me or against me. And if you're not with him, that means you're against him. And that means you really are serving the enemy. But if you ask people on the street, they would never say that. I don't work for the devil. No, I don't. Oh, but you live with your girlfriend and you're having sex and you're using contraception and you're, you're you know, going to uh, psychics. Yeah, so what? Well, that means you're working for the enemy because you're you're committing sins against God, and thereby you are working for the enemy. But they see they don't see it that way. They've been brainwashed into thinking uh, the spiritual life is irrelevant. And when you can get people to think that, you can basically change the whole culture. Well, that makes. And that's what we're seeing. Okay, that makes ton, that makes a ton of sense. That does make a, a ton of sense. Uh, okay, so first question from caller Jane Doe. Um, okay. Yeah. Uh, so kind of wondering, um, I, I've never heard of this before. So is powder, a powder form of tattoo ink, uh, a form of ritualistic, uh, satanic ritual. I don't, I don't know if you've, um, come across anything like that, a powdered form of tattoo ink. So she's talking about tattoos. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I don't know if she means like the hentai or whatever, um, tattoo form i so I, yeah so specifically tattoos i don't i don't know what the powder for i've never heard of this so i can't answer that directly but tattoos you know the bible says we're not supposed to mark up our bodies um but just recently i mean i have tattoos from before i converted so what are you going to do They're, they last forever um but mine is jesus his face and his sacred heart and it says come follow me i don't feel bad about that you know uh, just recently, I think in the last six months, Father Mike Schmitz got a tattoo. And he has come to the belief that uh, using a tattoo to proclaim your faith in God is not necessarily a sin. So um, I think it boils down to your intention and the product you're putting on your body. You know, And it shouldn't be something that's, um, you know, you can't, you're going to put something on your face that would be silly. 
but he put it on his forearm. He has a, cru a crucifix on the Jerusalem cross, and he, he, that lets people know when he has a short sleeve shirt on. You know, of course, the collar is the first clue that he's a Catholic, but he's also wanted to, in some way, proclaim that with this tattoo. So um, I think it's, it's, I don't know. I, I wouldn't say it's a more, it's definitely not a mortal sin. Uh, but if you're putting stuff on your body that you look like a, a demon or a dragon, you know, I see people that have these, like, from their neck down to their ankles, their whole body's covered in this stuff. And often it's things like snakes and weird stuff. Um, that I don't think is healthy. Yeah, I guess, um, not knowing the thoughts of people, but I, I know there's that, that Gnostic view or that, that old Greek view that the, the soul is separated from the body so that you can do whatever you want with the body, which is... That's not that's not true. Okay, so uh, first question from the email uh, from Catherine. So she has a daughter that receives uh, acupuncture treatments for anxiety and hormonal issues. Uh, the daughter has asked about Tai Chi and that it, is Tai Chi okay uh, with the church. She has um, she goes to church and tries to do the right thing, but the medications aren't helping, and so she's obviously looking for some relief. So she was confused uh, regarding the Catholic's position uh, on this particular discipline. She's, she's looked at some Catholic websites, and um, she's kind of waiting your advice, Father, because she's, she's still a little confused if the discipline of Tai Chi is, is okay with the Church. Uh, again, I, what is Tai Chi? Is this, I thought that was like a martial art. No? Yes, that's it is. I, I talked to Taylor about it today, and I think that's more of a martial art and not... Um, it's not like yoga. You're not making uh, godly poses like in yoga. Um, it's more of like body discipline and things like that. From from my understanding, my my limited understanding. Well, if it's something to defend yourself, I mean, that's I don't think I have a problem with that. But the problem is, if it comes from it, you have to go back to the roots of where this was founded, and if it's something from China there's a good chance it, it it was birthed out of some kind of pantheism and that's not good. So you just want to know what you're doing, you know, uh, but certainly physical exercise and uh, a discipline to defend oneself isn't a bad thing. I just don't know the origins of it. Um, and, and that would be questionable. The uh, sticking the needles in you also, you know, uh, if it brings you some kind of relief, not, not, not necessarily a bad thing, but what, what, Who's doing it and what is their spirituality? That's a big question that people need to look into. You can't just go willy-nilly into any shop when somebody's going to be sticking something into your body or touching your body. Even your medical doctor, if you went to a medical doctor that's practicing the occult, there could be demons that would be transferred from him to you by him putting hands on you. Uh, now, how do you know what somebody's practices are? It's not easy. I would say get to know people before you go to them. You know, have a little, a little interview with them. You know how you have to fill paperwork when you go to the doctor about all your health and all that? I would have a conversation going the other direction saying, what's your background? Where did you go to school? How did you grow up? What do you believe? Now, as a priest, I can do that, and I, I, nobody takes offense at me. But I want to know what, what you believe before you're, you're going to be putting your hands all over me. Makes sense. Okay, question number two from the email. We have a father from Texas who is having a conversation with his 17-year-old son about the inverted cross of St. Peter. Now, um, 
So he was a little confused about the church's position and about how to um, take this cross. Uh, he was wondering, obviously, in the mainstream, it's it's used as a satanic symbol, and obviously, there, and there's thoughts that, um, in a symbolic way, the devil inverts what Christ does, and so mm-hmm. inverting the cross. So uh, the father was wondering how to explain to his son. He, I, I may forward you this email because he gets a little more specific with a few um, Bible quotes, um, but he's he's just kind of wondering how to explain. St. Peter and this inverted cross and the the overall meaning behind it. Mm-hmm. Okay, so Peter's uh, request to not be crucified right side up was merely out of humility. He just didn't want to, he was he felt unworthy to die the same way as Jesus. So he said, I'll just go upside down because I'm not worthy. This whole attachment to the occult really didn't come into play with upside down crucifixes to like the 60s. It's a very new thing. This is not an old uh, cultic thing of upside down crucifixes. Um, it really got traction in the 60s when there was a lot of TV productions and movie franchises that started inverting crosses as a symbol to represent the Antichrist or Satan. But, you know, that's Peter. That was not his intent at all, you know. Okay. Um so yeah, there's actually a church in Grand Prairie here in Louisiana that it's that's St. Peter's Catholic Church, and they have a inverted cross on the outside. Uh, you used to be uh, the talk of the town in high school, but when you know the meaning that uh, Peter did it out of humility, um, mm-hmm. that's, that's that's actually a, a cooler story. Mm. All right. Um, so here's your opportunity to talk to Father Dan. Give us a call, 866-333-6279. He's here to take your calls. We do have open phone lines now. Um, if you want to email him, you can do that at exorcist at radiomaria.us. Uh, so the phone number again, 866-333-6279. Uh, we've got a call from uh, Anonymous who didn't want to be on air. Uh, interesting. A um, lot, of, lot of things going on in this question here. So she has a stepdaughter who is uh, allergic to scapulas, sacred metals, and gets sick from the Eucharist. Uh, she's wondering if she needs an exorcist. Uh, there's a lot of stuff going on in this short question here. So, Father, um, <laughs> does a stepdaughter need an exorcist or just a test for allergies? Well, the scapula is felt, so I don't know anybody who has felt allergies. And what was the other one? Uh, sacred metals. Well, okay, metals. What metals? Nothing like felt. So this seems like a spiritual problem, not a physical problem. Um, so yes, first question is she baptized. Second question is she Catholic, and then I would say she needs to go to a priest that does deliverance and get in. Start asking some questions. We have a six-page um, questionnaire that we we ask people to fill out before we engage people for deliverance so that we get a, a really good snapshot of their whole life and you know uh any dabblings in the occult any kind of um drug use uh, sexual history that would be uh, sinful all that stuff um and then you know if, if there were any doors opened in in letting some kind of a demon in but it does sound like she has a, a serious problem that's not physical it's spiritual 
Yeah, she also brought up um, the Eucharist as well, so she'll get sick from receiving the Eucharist. Um, so yeah, it's probably a good thing. So I, I'm guessing you can find uh, the information on this diocesan website, so just go to your diocese's website to find deliverance yeah. information. Okay. Call, you call your diocese, ask to speak to the chancellor. They usually know who is the right person for these sort of things. Okay, staying on the exorcist stuff, we got a call from Lynn. Uh, if you want to talk right now, we have roughly about four or five minutes. Here's your opportunity to speak with Father Dan, 866-333-6279. We have open lines, a uh, little light on the emails today, so uh, here's your opportunity to give us a call. We, we're wide open. So, Okay, so this call from Lynn um, is sticking with the exorcist. Uh, she's... I know you kind of fell into the position, Father. Uh, how do you train to be an exorcist? There, there is formal training in Rome at the Vatican, which is the mo that's what most people do. Um, it's not required. Basically, what's required is the bishop has to designate a Catholic priest in good standing as his exorcist, and it's the delegation from the bishop that uh, makes the person the exorcist. But one would want to get good training before you throw somebody into that. So uh, most dioceses would send their men to Rome to go through um, the proper training. That's what I did. Um, the other exorcist in my diocese uh, we who came on board during COVID because the cases went through the roof couldn't go to Rome because they, they closed Italy. So we had uh, a very seasoned and very uh, – uh, brilliant man who, who's the diocese uh, of Indianapolis's exorcist, Father Vince Lampert, who came over for uh, about a week. And uh, he personally trained the other exorcist uh, as best we could in a week. And we, we actually piled up a bunch of cases for that week so they would be hands-on you know, training with the, the priest that was being trained. Uh, because we couldn't, you know, you have to work with what you have. If Italy's closed, you can't get in. You got to do something else. Okay, that's that sounds reasonable. All right. Um, question from the the emails here. Uh, let's see. It was resubmitted uh, by Kevin and Kath Kathleen. Uh, I'm not sure which one we answered, so I'm gonna, I'm pick number two here. It's about guardian angels. So uh, they want to know. Um, about the guardian angels. They were kind of wondering what happens uh, to your angel angels if and when you turn away from God or the church, or if you are in mortal sin, do they leave you? And what happens to the guardian angel in situations where a person is under attack from Satan or demon? Uh, wait, hang on. <laughs> let, me, let me boil it down. Okay, first question. Um, what happens to your guardian angel uh, if and when you turn away from God or the church or in mortal sin? That's question number one. Okay, your guardian angel is assigned to you at birth. Uh, before you're born, you are under the protection of your mother's angel. At birth, you get your own guardian angel, which stays with you all the way through life and even into purgatory. If you go to purgatory, uh, your angel helps you in purgatory. Um, in heaven, you know, I, I, I don't know if the angels get reassigned once somebody is lands in heaven or hell. They don't go to hell for sure. Um, but I'm, I don't think there's any definitive teaching as to what happens when a person enters into heaven, if the angel is then free to move on to another person or if they stay with that person in heaven. I don't know. No, they do not leave you in mortal sin. They would probably try to encourage you to get out of mortal sin by going to confession. Uh, if you're not Catholic, 
they would you know want you to repent in your heart and seek God's forgiveness uh, through what you know just your personal relationship with God. Um, but yeah, they don't leave. They're probably horribly grieved when we sin. Um, I know that at mass, when when the the uh, offertory is being made, the guardian angels get up and bring the, your intention for that mass, your offering, up to the altar for you, and they're in order of relevance. So if it's a very big intention, those angels go to the front of the line. And if you have no intention at all, they go to the back of the line and they kind of come up with their heads hung low because they're kind of ashamed that there was no intention for the mass. So they they play a, a pivotal role in helping us get to uh, the goal of heaven. And if you acknowledge them and you, you, you say good morning, it's so good to have you uh, with me this day, angel guardian. Um, please, you know, watch over me, guard me, guide me, protect me and inspire me to do what is always right. Um, I would think that would be, uh, something they would, they would, that would be very pleasing that, that you acknowledge that they are working so hard for you. Okay. Second question on that lines of guardian angels, um, in a situation where a person is under attack by Satan or, or a demon, um, what happens to the guardian angel? Do they intervene? Which I'm, I'm, I'm guessing they, you're going to say yes here, uh, but I don't know if you can broaden it out here. They do. I mean, this is why they're, you know, they're they're uh, directly matched up for that particular kind of fight. It's a spirit against a spirit. So uh, that would be their their, you know, that's 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 the biggest reason they're there is to fight off uh, those sort of things. And and I would say they they probably even have the potential to get help. We know from the book of uh, Daniel that. Um, I forget who it was. It might have been, uh, was it, I think it was Gabriel that was trying to make his way to a certain place and he was blocked by, uh, by Satan or one of his demons and he had to wait for help to come from St. Michael to, to make the way. So they, they do collaborate. They do uh, work together and, uh, you know, it's always good to acknowledge that you have one of these, uh, angelic creatures at your side. It's so awesome to know that, Father. Okay, so I think we're coming to the end of the program. Uh, we're here every Friday, uh, except for the first Friday of the month, obviously. Uh, we, we discuss the, um, uh, the first Friday devotions. But the other three Fridays of the month, you can call in at 866-333-6279 on those Fridays and ask your question of Father Dan. Or you can send him an email at exorcist at radiomaria.us with those questions. Father? Yep. Okay. That's it for today. May Almighty God bless you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. This is Father Dan signing off.